this podcast is to help you break in and thrive in advertising. And we do that every week by sharing the stories and advice from people who are doing extraordinary things. This week, we learn from Sarah Muchnick. She is a senior copywriter at Droga5 and an Adweek Creative 100. Sarah shares her break-in story this episode, one fairly interesting where she discovered her love for copywriting through freelancing. Since she has worked at some astounding agencies, including Ogilvy, Argonaut, DDV, Pierre Odell, and now Droga5. Her recent work for New York Times is stunning. One campaign is called Independent Life, and another is called Story Portrait. To connect with her and see her portfolio and her recommended resources just for you, head to our Instagram at Breaking and Entering Pod, all one word, at Breaking and Entering Pod. Now, on with the show. This is the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast, and as usual, I'm your accomplice, Gino Schellenberger. Kick it, Mikey. All right, Sarah Muchnick, welcome to the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm good, Gino. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. You're in New York right now. Chelsea, right? I am. Where's that? What's Chelsea? I'm not, why do it's I not know that? Like above me, Packing District and below Hudson Yards. Okay. Like, you know where the Google building is? No. You know where Chelsea Market is? <laughs> no. It's right there. Gotcha. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I'm in Chicago. I've been in New York twice, and one time I went to New York, and we kind of alluded to this before, I went and visited for my ad club in college, Droga 5. Ah! So, Sarah, tell us about your role at Droga 5. Tell us, like, what do you do there? So, I'm a senior copywriter, and I've been there for about two and a half years, and I really love it. It's extremely creative. Everyone is, like, the smartest people I've ever worked with. And everyone's so driven. I think that's really the one of the main things that sets it apart from the other places I've worked. It's just, it feels like everyone really cares about what they're doing and about putting out good work and it rubs off on you. Heck yeah. I remember how cool it was when I, I was a senior, just like the stairs there. Obviously, every agency needs to have a good set of stairs. <laughs> I think that's really one of the criteria. Absolutely. And I think I saw we walked past David Droga, like in his office working. I was like, oh, what's up? Like, I want to go talk to him, but he was busy. So what was the context of your visit? It was literally like a, a American Advertising Federation like trip for a show. It's pretty sort. neat. It was a conference and we all went and like we brought like 50 students there. So it was really fun. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. So Droga 5 is historically known for great work. I'm pretty sure it was Agency of the Decade by one of the trade publications. So we all kind of know it and we all should know it. Are you allowed to talk about current clients right now? No. No. Pass. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But I think, like, what is it actually like working there? So, like, do you get to work? Like, is it in person or would give us, like, what is it actually like? Because we all know it's an award-winning agency. But, like, what's it actually like on the inside? What do you think makes it so great? One of the things that I found since I started that's been really 
amazing and unique is that you have a say on which clients you work on. I think like that can't always be the case, of course, but if you talk to creative resources and you say like, this is my goal, I really want to work on this client or this kind of client, they'll do your, their best to get you on that. And typically I feel like you're usually just assigned a client and it kind of is what it is. But every time I'm on a new brief or a new client, I get asked if I'm cool with it, if I'm excited or if mm-hmm. there's anything else I'd rather be working on. And I feel like you really have a, a say in, in what you do and where you go. Gotcha. Do you know Jada Hill? I know her a little. Okay. Um, yeah, she, she's a past episode guest and she's great. She know, She's known as the ad hustler. That's like her. <laughs> she just started over there. I'm so jealous. I think she does creative resourcing and she's loving it. Oh, that's awesome. Amazing. So we can't talk about clients. That's fair. I know historically, and it might not be the case right now, like the Under Armour, like Michael Phelps commercial is like one of the best ads of all time. And also, I'm pretty sure you guys did mattress firm unjunk your sleep I, or i could be or i could be mistaken that was us not me but us for sure for sure all right anything else we want to know about droga like are you guys in office like do you know how many people work there like or is it's open with the office it's tuesdays and thursdays people go in i've been in a few times and it's really chill it's really like what you make of it the only real issue I think that everyone's kind of running into is that so many people don't live in New York. So right. if you go into the office, there's a good chance that someone on your team isn't in New York and can't go into the office. So you still have to be on a video call. So I think the office is much more about culture and talking to people than it is about like work morale, but it's there if we need it, which is great. Yeah. I think that's what every agency is going to end up having to do, like adopt like a clubhouse mentality hangout space a where, clubhouse. But, rip clubhouse yeah i never got on that yeah, I mean, uh, it died out though because it got bought up by I don't, twitter has their own spaces now but cool so droga five agency everybody wants to work at so i think we're here to uncover how you got there and being a copywriter is super interesting and i think by now most of our audience knows what a copywriter does so we will fast forward that, but run us back to the time when you first decided you wanted to study or you wanted to break into advertising. Yeah, I have a kind of weird story. I kind of fell into it. So after college, I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I decided to move to Tel Aviv. I had studied abroad there and I really liked it. And I promised myself if I had nothing to do after college, I would just go back because I have no responsibilities. And I had to get a job. So it's a big startup culture over there. And a lot of what they need is English speakers to write to their audience, which is America. Perfect. So I fell into a marketing writing role at a startup. Yeah. Okay. So I did that for a little bit and I was writing like blogs and social and emails. And there was something that they were doing that they needed a voiceover talent for. And they sent me to Fiverr to find it. And I found Fiverr. And I saw that there was copywriting on Fiverr. Mm-hmm. And I actually like didn't really know what copywriting was, but I was kind of getting a little bit bored. Like I had run out of things to do at the job and I was like having some slow days. Sure. So I decided to go on Fiverr for like extra cash and just see what was up. And I actually ended up doing really well. I ended up 
quitting my job and doing Fiverr full time, which is like not really a glamorous thing to say, but I was really loving it. Hey, that's cool. Yeah. And what were you offering? Just copywriting services? Copyright. And I was charging, I think, per word, which is like not really what you're supposed to do. Okay. (laughs) Then I was doing a lot of taglines and I was like, I need to find another way to do this. But yeah, I was working with a lot of people who were building their own companies in other countries or like maybe they had an idea for a business and they needed a name or they needed me to write their like about me page or things like that. So then I wanted to move back to the States and I had no idea how that translated into a job in the States. So I spoke to some sort of family friend of mine. My mom put me in touch with her. I think she's in branding. And she was like, you have to go to Miami ad school. Everything you're saying sounds like Miami ad school. You have to build a portfolio. So I had no idea what a portfolio was. This is a weird thing that I feel like people don't talk about enough. Like, I didn't know what that meant. And I called Miami ad school and I was like, can you guys tell me what a portfolio is? And they explained it and I still didn't really get it. And I was like, can you show me something? And they were like, it's kind of confidential. Like, we don't want to send our students books out. I mean, they could have given me moderncopywriter.com, but they didn't. So I was like, this is, seems like a very strange thing to do to like enroll in a school for something I don't really know what I'm getting out of it. It wouldn't show you like alumni books. I feel like they're always like trying to promote their alumni books. I really don't know why. I really don't know why. I mean, I, they converted me regardless, so I guess they don't need to. But I was like, I feel like I don't need this school. So I went online and I Googled advertising agencies in New York and I put together a PDF of writing samples. Nice. Calling my portfolio. And I applied to probably 400 jobs, including jobs that were like executive creative director. Because again, I didn't know anything. I didn't know anyone in advertising. (laughs) For the stars, right? Yeah, exactly. I got a lot of rejections. I actually ended up getting an internship with one agency, a really small place. I don't know how that happened, but I literally applied to every single job at every agency I found. And then when that wasn't really working, I applied to Miami ad school. Gotcha. So it was a, what was a small agency? I forgot what it, Spark. I have to look them up. They're okay. not like traditional creative agency. I think they right. do more like content. How long were you there until you realized you had to go to Miami ad school? I was doing a, I was interning at Spark while I was at Miami ad school. Like it kind of came in a bit later, but the whole process of like applying to everything and going to Miami ad school is probably like four months. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I was waiting. I really didn't understand why I kept getting rejected. And it was like, I was pretty much applying for CEO roles. <laughs> That's awesome. And and why Miami ad school? Just because that's what that one friend recommended? I really, I didn't know anything about this industry. No one told me about any other ad schools. Yeah. Kind of just like, whatever. I'm just going to do this. I really like this writing thing I'm doing. And there's no reason not to. That's a big commitment. It's yeah. a two-year program, I'm pretty sure. It is a two Yeah, I don't know why I was so chill about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, it produces some amazing creatives, and it works. It's like, I always think, like, and we can talk about this right now, it's like, I think portfolio schools are, like, probably the easiest way to break into advertising if you can afford it and you have the time. Like, it's like a for sure thing. Like, you will get a job in advertising if you work hard in portfolio school you can afford it and handle all that totally i mean it sets you up it helps guide you i think it just helps what people are looking for which is again something that just 
you can't really do on your own. You can't know what people are expecting without talking to people who are in the industry. And a lot of it is networking. I think that's the one thing that's really been the common thread throughout my entire career. I mean, my career hasn't been so long, but that's one thing that's really carried me through is just talking to people, knowing people. My teachers, my teacher is the one who got me my first job. Like that kind of stuff beyond the school itself really is helpful. Gotcha. When you're, who recommended Miami Ed School again? I don't remember her name. She okay. is my mom's friend's daughter. My, mom's friend's daughter. Okay. When <laughs> And then did you, so were you set on advertising at that point or were you looking at any other careers? I wasn't looking at anything else at that point. I, I had kind of been lost in that sense for a long time and just not really knowing what I wanted to do. I yeah. liked what I was doing at startups. I was doing some content marketing, basically. I liked the writing aspect. I just didn't really love blog posts and emails, but I felt like I was tiptoeing around this area that I, that was right for me, but I couldn't really figure out exactly what it was. So I think that when I heard about Miami Ad School, even though I didn't know what it offered, it was kind of feeling a little bit more like this feels a little bit like me. So I have to go for it because otherwise I'm going to be in the this kind of like purgatory yeah. forever for sure and you committed to it and you fell in love with copywriting right yeah. i mean you I never know. thought about going art direction or, or strategy actually i did think about going strategy at one point at my old job a strategy friend of mine and i did a job swap because he was really interested in copywriting and i was really interested in strategy so for a week or two we went to every meeting together and he would teach me about writing briefs and I would teach him about writing scripts. And I was really interested in it, but I just felt like it was too many steps backwards. Wait, when did you do this, this job swap? <laughs> it was like maybe three years ago in my old agency. Okay. That's hilarious. And, yeah, it's great. and you didn't like it? It wasn't for you? No, I loved it. I just felt like I had already come this far. I, I felt like it was too late to start over. I love what strategy offers. I mean, it is creative, but it's also analytical. It's like organized creativity. And I really liked that. So if you had the opportunity to like, if you didn't have to go so far back, transfer to strategy, would you entertain it? Yeah, for sure. Interesting. Yeah. Do you, have you talked to people that have transferred over? No, I'm definitely not that interested. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Just you're too busy to... I'm yeah, sure. I mean, I think I am interested. That's like the wrong way to put it. I just don't think I realistically would You're not want gonna, to. Yeah. I love my job. I love what I do. For sure. So Miami Ad School, that's a two-year commitment. I'm pretty sure you have to do an internship while you're doing it. Is that Was that the case when you went? But no one really stays two years. Okay, for sure. Yeah, you do internships. The first year is building your portfolio. And then the second year is interning. And it's broken up into four quarters. So you have, technically, you'll have up to four internships if you finish. Uh, I'd be gone. Yeah, exactly. I think I just build the portfolio and leave. That's what you do. I mean, the internships are great because they kind of open the door for you to try things out. I really liked that I was able to taste test a bit without the pressure of like settling in. But by the third quarter, I got my own internship and had dropped out because yeah. There's like some weird thing about getting paid during that time because you're also in school. Right. So I was like, I think I am ready to just do this on my own. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
So what was that internship you got? That was at DDB San Francisco. DDB San Francisco. Yeah, very small. Wow. My best friend just moved to San Francisco. Oh, really? Yeah. He was my roommate. Where is he working? He works. He's in consulting, but oh. which is that's a good field. I should start breaking entering consulting. They have a lot of fun, it seems like. <laughs> uh, like but I didn't know DDB had an office. Do they still do or is it probably a different name or? They still do. It's really small. It's like, I think it was like five creatives when I was there and four. Okay. But it's really small. They have, I don't know if they still do, but they have Energy Upgrade California, which is like an offshoot of PG&E. Okay. Um, that's like a really big client for them. And then I also think that they work with Chicago and New York on some of their clients. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. So you, that was your break in then? So when you got, you interviewed for a copywriter intern and you got it from the Miami ad school break in? I don't know if I would call that my break in. It was a short internship. And when it was over, I would call this my break in. I really wanted to get a full-time job. It wasn't happening at DDB. Yeah. And my friend at DDB was like, I know someone at Pereira Odell who just left and they haven't posted the job yet. Ooh. Out to them. So I had, as I said before, I had a teacher who helped me get my first job. And right. I went to drinks with him. I went to Miami on school, San Francisco. So I went to drinks with my teacher and he was like, I'm happy to recommend you. So I got my name put in for the job before it was really public. And I got that job pretty fast. And that was that I would say that was my break in and that was an awesome experience. I loved working at Pereira Odell. Yes. Yes. I love that. So what's the lesson there? What can we tell the audience and how can everyone. we talk to everyone? Even Gino on a podcast. <laughs> yes. People don't reach out to me enough. Yeah, they I mean could. they can always LinkedIn message me, Instagram message, whatever, email. No, I think this is great. I mean this whole the whole podcast idea is an amazing idea. And I think that people really just need to, it's scary sometimes you're going into a new industry and you don't really think that anyone cares, but it's such a small industry and people really take care of each other. And I feel like every single step of the way, it's because I've talked to people or someone's helped me. And I try to do the same thing. And you're mm -hmm. obviously doing the exact same thing. And it just shows that this is a very special industry. Special and small. for sure, really small, really small. And people, you have to be nice to people. Yeah. <laughs> that's important too. So that's so cool. So it was your professor got, helped you get your name into the, to the recruiter before that was posted. Yeah, exactly. And that's so important because a lot of the times like these companies, they don't want to open up to like the general public because they will get a, a million applications so if they can find something beforehand internal sources that helps a lot yeah i mean it was so quick i think it was two weeks or so that i was and i have this take versus internships and full-time roles sometimes i feel like internships are harder to get because the, i mean more so for undergrad but also postgrad what internships are always kind of posted the same timeline like early summer and Everybody in the world is that's a student or postgrad, recent grad is applying to these internships and they have a select amount of internships that can get filled up. 
But when you get these job openings, they kind of pop up randomly and they need to fill them like really quick. So if you're ahead of the curve and you have those connections early on, like sometimes getting a job, I feel like it'd be easier than getting an internship. Yeah, I could totally see that. Depending on the job market and variables, of course. Yeah, that's totally fair. It's kind of like the housing market. Yes. Yeah. Like you're going to look for a place at the end of the summer. Good luck. Yeah. All right. Tell me about Pure Adele. So that was your first real break. And you would say like that was like the big one. And you were super pumped. I see here that you worked in the Cheesecake Factory, Fifth Third Bank, Intel, Concordia, Adobe, and New Business. <laughs> that makes it sound really amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. No, I, I had the best time there. They have such a good culture. Almost everyone I worked with at Pereira Odell had been there for like 10 years. They're all best friends. It's a place that's really hard to leave. It's really fun to go into work every day. Everyone's friendly. It's very casual. I mean, I don't know if that's because of California or because of the agency, but it's just like a warm environment. And I think it was a great first job. Do they have a New York office? They do have a New York office. Got it. I don't know Got what that it. one's like as much, but I know that their office is beautiful. Love it. Yeah. Then you were there for how long? A little over a year, I believe. Basically, I had moved out to San Francisco with my husband. His job took him there. And we agreed after a certain period of time, we'd move back to New York. So when that time came up, I got out of San Francisco very quickly. So right. it was about a year into Pereira Odell, and I was like, I have to leave. Okay. And <laughs> how'd you stumble into the droga job? Another person that I knew. This girl, Kat Kvass, she runs Young Shits. Okay. And she, the reward of Young Shits, if you win, is you get to talk to the person who's hosting or judging that week. Yep. Explain to our audience again, because I know about this, but... Tell everybody about Young Shits because that's so, super, super important. I actually, whenever I do like, I, I'll do like guest speeches at schools, I'll talk about Young Shits. I think it's amazing. Like, it's such a cool program. So basically, it's a monthly award show for students. It's really great just in terms of getting into the motions and practicing how to enter award shows or how to like answer briefs. I mean, it, yep. it's a great creative exercise. And instead of an award, it's you get to have a meet and greet with the judge that week. And the judge is just anyone from agency world. Yep. So I think the program is brilliant. And I was lucky enough to win one week when Kat, who started it, was the judge. So I got to talk to Kat and she was awesome. And we stayed in touch. And when I was moving back to New York, I reached out to her. She wasn't at Droga anymore, but she had a few friends who were there. And she put me in touch with them and they put my name in. Love that. So you won the Young Shits for that month? Yeah. Do you remember the brief? That was, if this is before Kanye was running for president, but it okay. was, if Kanye is going to run for president, what would his platform be? My goodness. What'd you say? Yeah. I made a rap video. No way. I'll send it to you. That's good. How long is it? It's like three minutes. Oh, yeah, you're done for. That's going on Instagram. <laughs> I mean, I was really... It won. Yeah, it's filled with all this footage from his other music videos, so I'm pretty sure it's, like, illegal, but I posted it everywhere. Yeah, nobody, <laughs> nobody's going to stop you. I'm just... Did he reach out to you at all? Oh, my God, I wish. That would have been awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so 
you won the award. That's a great award because it's every month and it's they're fun and they're creative and they're book worthy. A yeah. lot of times, like I'm trying to preach this to people, like you're the assignments you're doing in undergrad, they're probably not gonna be book worthy. Yeah. I mean, very rarely a lot of like these award shows, especially young shits, these are book worthy. Like you can spend the time doing this stuff once a month, like as early as you can, because then you can pro you might be able to put them in your book and you're actually not wasting your time on like these smaller like coupon ads or local flyers. Like I hate to say it, but these are what you want to spend your time doing. Yeah. I mean, also like you get feedback at the end. The top three teams get feedback and it's like the briefs are really interesting. It's always different people. Yeah. And so even if you don't make something book worthy for by the time that you have to send in your your uh, work, you have this idea of a new brief in your mind. There's obviously it's like portfolio school. There's no real client. There's no budget. Like very fun. It's a really it's a really worthwhile exercise. Like if somebody came in and they realized in their sophomore year of undergrad that they wanted to do this, like copywriting, like I would pair up with an art director, somebody that has talent that knows some of the Adobe skills. And I would just team up with them, become really close friends with them, maybe another strategist or whoever, but one to three people, one, two or three people max. And I would just tackle the young shits just every month. That's exactly what you need to do. I mean, that's kind of what portfolio school is. It is. It yeah. is. And there's nothing wrong with that. And portfolio schools, I mean, there are so many classes that really help you. Like I'm not, I worked at a portfolio school and it is super beneficial if you can pay for it. There are other programs that are like six months to one year, but there's still money. There's scholarships out there, but like this young shits is a fantastic program. So totally. So you did it, you won it, you talked to the lady, she got you the connection at Droga5. Yeah, and I reached out to her about like a year and a half after the Young Shits thing. Okay, um, that's good so, framing. Yeah, it's just, I really don't think that I've done anything on my own in this industry. It's all been because people have been kind enough to help or talk, just talk to me. I feel like it's just more important with this than any other industry because people... As you said before, everyone want you should be nice to everyone. It's so small. So if people think you're nice, they want to work with you. And that's already mm -hmm. like worlds better than a lot of the other people who are applying for your role. Yeah. They, being liked is important. And if you're yourself, obviously, we don't have to go into how to be likable, but it is really important in this industry. I feel that too. And like in my own job, I think I'm in a role that's a little bit bigger than what I should be at, but I show up every day and I smile and I'm really grateful for it. And I think that makes people like happy. And I have a little bit more job security because of I'm just trying to make everybody's days a little bit better. And I'm always like making jokes and stuff. So it's the little things that make me sleep better at night because it is a scary industry and there's a lot of stress. But if you can make somebody smile, I think that's really important. You sound wonderful to work with. I say that as it's towards the end of the day but <laughs> i hope i hope it actually does come across like that no for real thanks okay so that brings us back to droga five and we touched upon some lessons along the way what's your relationship with george because he recommended you i'm curious george, yeah, george, george i was friendly with his daughter hannah growing up george and i belong to the same synagogue and we are neighbors or we were neighbors when i was okay. younger and 
we just stayed friends. Um, we, when I was getting my first internship with Miami ad school, it was at Ogilvy, New York. Oh, nice. I reached back out to George and he's been a great friend ever since. Oh yeah. And he was your neighbor basically. He was my neighbor growing up. That's yeah. a good neighbor mentor to have. Yeah. <laughs> His episode, I forgot what number it is, but it's not too long ago. He's a great listen and he's got a great blog. He's awesome. I'm very lucky to know him. All right. I'm going to rapid fire a question here. Okay. Go. What is, what was your first ad you made? Ooh. That got sold. I think it was. Oh, I think it was this video for the Cheesecake Factory. I don't know if this is really the first thing I did. So I might be lying by That's accident. That's fine. That's fine. But I think it was a video for the Cheesecake Factory. It's like a series of social videos where the camera was from your mouth's perspective. So Liquid it, Death just did this. What? Liquid Death Water just did this. Oh, did they? Yeah. They stole it from me. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if anyone ever saw these, but that was really fun. I loved working on the Cheesecake Factory. And I think during that shoot, we ate a lot for free. And that was awesome. And it was like a, it was a relatively chill shoot because it was for social stuff. It was a good way to like ease into things. I think that was my first, that or an Intel thing I did. Okay. Can you talk about the most recent ad? Yeah. Most recently, I was part of this big New York Times campaign that came out in January. And that was amazing. It's like very surreal for me because I am an avid crossword puzzle maker and I've been trying to get a crossword puzzle in the New York times for like five years and I keep getting rejected. So to get something into the New York times or like represent them was like a dream to me for that and a bunch of other reasons. So that was a really exciting experience. And what's it called? What was the campaign? Independent journalism for an independent life. The campaign turns the focus on New York Times readers for the first time celebrating their independent lives through their through the lens of journalism. You're quick. I've got the website. I'm here. <laughs> it looked amazing. And there's a lot of copy in this. Yeah. So it, you really knocked it out of the park. Thank you. What a cool client. And they've been working with Droga for some time now. So to put your stamp on that and leave a mark is super, super cool. Yeah, that was a dream. Gotcha. So is that also a favorite ad tied for one of the favorites? I think my favorite ad is my Whoop campaign still. That was like my first thing at Droga. And I didn't really have a partner at the time. And I remember I presented an idea. I was working with a few people and I presented this idea like at the last second. And the creative director was like, the idea is good, but the writing sucks. And I was so terrified. It was like my first review at droga and i was like oh my god i'm horrible so i spent all weekend like writing this script and they ended up making it so that was like a really special campaign to me and the concept is know yourself yeah it's basically we kind of wrote riddles that that the audience is supposed to answer automatically in their head and it's showing you that you know everything about everything, but you don't know any of that about yourself. You don't know about your sleep patterns or, you know, how much you have to exert yourself. 
everything about basketball and sports and everyone else's stats. Okay. I love that. The whoop band is like a, it's like a tracker, right? That does way more than just like your standard, like steps and heart rate. Oh, cool. Do you have one? I have one. I don't need to get one, but I was really into it. I think I like needed a break because I was getting so into it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It tells you like your recovery levels, right? Yeah. Your recovery. Yeah. It's pretty insane. I would get a little obsessed. I, I got obsessed. Yeah. I, like, I learned some things. Like I, I was just telling my friend this yesterday that I learned that playing cornhole was probably the most exertion I had the entire time I wore my whoop band. Interesting. We call it bags here. In bags? Iowa. Yeah. Bags. You never heard that? No. Oh, that's a, I think it's only like Chicago land. We call it bags. It's really bizarre. Yeah, I know. I think cornhole's bizarre. So totally weird, but at least it's specific. Yeah, whatever. I love it. Let's do some last pieces of advice. Anything that really like you when you woke up today, you knew you're doing this podcast that you thought of, you wrote down perhaps anything in your back of your mind that you really want to get out across to the audience that you haven't said already. I think something that's super important is. And you'll hear this a lot and it gets kind of frustrating because when you have a deadline, you feel like you need to be doing and doing until that deadline. But one of the most helpful things to do when you're trying to finish something for your portfolio or something for a client is to do something else, like watch a movie or go for a walk or go to a museum or go on Twitter or go read the New York Times or do something because there's so many ideas that are buried within you. And when you're thinking about them too hard, you can't find them and you need to have something else pull it out of you. And really the best kind of thing you can do is just not thinking. I've heard this before and I've learned this and I studied advertising my undergrad and that just brought up a memory from one of my creative professors, Peter Sheldon. Like work really hard on it and then go take a shower and just forget. Oh, just like try not to, and it'll hit you randomly. Yeah, my old partner and I, Jess, we were kind of hitting a block for something, and we assigned each other to watch a movie that we would never normally watch. And in the morning, we both had like fifteen ideas. Yeah, why do you think that is? I think you put pressure on yourself, and you're overthinking, and also you get inspiration from things that you don't really. Would can you wouldn't really consider like inspirational, like even just reading about a story in the New York Times, you'll see like a headline or a word that might stick out, and you're like, this is a feeling, or this is an interesting story, and like, what would it, what, how would this apply to what I'm trying to do? Yeah, but what if you're in a time crunch? That's when it gets hard. But honestly, I don't know. I feel like you won't let yourself not get it done. Yeah, yeah. So. If you can take a few minutes, like if you would go walk your dog, just take mm. those few minutes and do something besides thinking. Yeah. And writing. Like on- just shorten the, just adapt the, uh, shorten the span of it. Like exactly. Adapt it. Yeah. Interesting. Love it. Anything else that you want, you want to get out there to the people that you thought of? Nothing right now, but I've got some gems hidden. For sure. And how can people reach out to you if they want to find out more about Droga yourself or those the gems that you speak of? Yeah, anyone can email me or find me on Twitter or anything that's easy for them. I'm so happy to help. As I said, super small industry. Yep. Then I will link 
your resources that you recommended specifically for the audience here on our Instagram at Breaking and Entering Pod. And we will also put how to reach you. So we won't tell them here. They have to go to the Instagram. <laughs> cool. All right, Sarah, this has been a great interview. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much, Gino. Of course. Thank you so much for listening to this entire episode of the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. If you like what you heard, it would mean a lot to us and help us grow and get better guests and better break-ins if you can go to Apple Podcasts and leave us five stars and a small review if you have the time. Be sure to connect with our guests if you like what they said by going to our Instagram at breaking and entering pod. That's all one word, breaking and entering pod on Instagram. We have links to their portfolios and their LinkedIn and they want to connect. So do that. And thank yous. Thank you to Mikey Malarkey, our audio engineer, and Buchan Zhang, our creative director. Can't do without you two. And a team from the University of Illinois. It's a student team from the agency called AdBuzz. They're a PR agency, and it's been a pleasure working with them. Thank you all so much, and we will see you next week with another amazing guest.